before the lesson starts, uh, there's a story that I know Dad always said you don't tell stories when you're the preacher, but I'm just kind of a feeling guy, so I'm going to tell a story. But a shocking event that I thought was shocking happened to me and Amber a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, Amber's been traveling a lot, and we try to visit different congregations, uh, but this was the first time we'd been to a place in Lexington, Kentucky, a little over three hours away. And they had a fellowship meal before the service starts, something we've seen a lot of congregations do. They have a meal on Wednesday night. And we're in a room about, I don't know, maybe 20 tables, and everybody's eating. We're waiting for them to finish and move out of the way. And uh, a table opens up, and there's a, a cup, a, you know, styrofoam cup sitting there. So no one's sitting there. I went and sat down, and eventually the, the owner of that cup came up to me and said, is this my cup? And I said, yes, I have not drank from it. And uh, <laughs> now it was empty. And uh, she picked a cup up and she started to walk off, you know. And she's like, well, y'all are visiting here. I need, I need to, like, you know, do the official thing. And uh, where y'all from, you know? I said, well, we're from Cookville, Tennessee. And uh, she just looks at me. She goes, Cookville. I said, yeah, you ever, you ever heard of Cookville? And she goes, my mother, my father, my daughter and her husband all live in Cookville, Tennessee. And I thought, wow, out of all these tables and the one that we're sitting at and the cup that's sitting here and, and that the one person had all this family that lived here, members at uh, Smyrna Church of Christ, um, which I thought that was unique. Shows you how small of a world it is and how much, you know, if we really talk to people from around us, how much we connect and, and kind of get to know each other and uh, kind of encourage you as well. If we have visitors, uh, maybe some visitors tonight, get around and, and talk to them. Um, never know. Never know what you uh, might come to find out. So we told her. We said, well, we're heading there tomorrow. If you want to send her something, just let us know. We'll carry it back to her. <laughs> so... Lesson tonight will be taken from Acts chapter 5. If you have your Bible, I suggest you turn over to there. We'll spend most of our time in this little section here, and I will try to speed it up because I know these kids are excited about uh, a singing night and the different things they got involved. Uh, I labeled the lesson Proclaiming the Truth Without Fear. I do not know why I picked that title because I cannot remember it for everyone who has asked me what it was. You have in chapter 5, you have the apostles. The backstory is they've already been thrown into jail. And the Pharisees just can't stand them. They keep preaching God's word. Uh, these new people called Christians are getting stronger and growing, and they're losing their power, right? Pharisees are all about, we've got to have our temple, we have to have our laws, the old law. We're not going to go to this new law that these uh, apostles are preaching. Uh, this man by the name of Jesus, uh, Titus, the, uh, the scripture reading that we had read, and you notice that when the apostles, they've already been in prison, the angel helped them escape, they've already recaptured them again, brought them back into the temple uh, in front of the priests, and they won't even say the man's name. They're not even willing to say Jesus, but they said, you keep talking about this man, and his blood is on us. And it was. It was blood was on him. These are the same men who stood just uh, months before shouting, crucify him, crucify him. We want him to no longer exist. And we're trying to kill out all of his people. And you see there in verse 29, uh, it says, But Peter and the apostles answered the people, and he said, We ought to obey God rather than man. 
got your highlighter, ink pen, I suggest you underline that and highlight that because that just applies in your life today just as much as it applied to their life back then. And if we're going to pro proclaim God's gospel, if we're going to teach others about Christ, this is the same attitude that we must walk in our everyday life. But the Pharisees are desperate to put in to these new converts to destroy the apostles, to, to, to eradicate this new religion of Christianity. Um, but they're just having a hard time. They're struggling because the more these apostles, the more miracles they perform, the more they stay in the temple and they talk, the more the people love it. The more they hear about it, the more they love it. We don't think about that a lot. Uh, we, we think we, when we talk to people, it, we kind of get that butterfly feeling about, well, if I'm talking to them about Jesus, I don't want to offend them. I don't want to say something to turn them away. But sometimes all we really need to do is just talk a little bit more about Jesus and what he did for us. This Savior, as, we, as Titus read on, the things that Christ did for us. How could anyone find offense to that unless you have a secret objective or a secret motive like these Pharisees did? With all this going on in, in Jerusalem, uh, they called them back in there, and they're, they're standing trial again, and they don't really know what to do. So you have, down in verse 34 there, you have a man by the name of Gamaliel. All right, Gamaliel, he was a, a well-known teacher of uh, the temple. He was well-respected. It says there in verse 34, Then one of the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in respect, but all the people and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. So, so after the meetings, after they've had the talks, this man, he tells to send the apostles out of the room for a little bit. I got something I want to say. And he goes on, he says, uh, says there, and he said to them, men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Thaddeus rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him, and he was slain. And all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. And after this man, Judas of Galilee, rose up in the days of the census, and he drew away many people after him. But he also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan of this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. As you can see, he was a very, very wise man. If their message is, is anything against what, uh, what God would have them to be, they're going to fall. Or if these men have just come in here to grab attention, you know, uh, what the Pharisees do, they're in there for grabbing attention. They want people to put them on the high pedestal to show that they were uh, the number one religious leaders. He says if they're just doing that just like you Pharisees, like you high priests, they'll eventually die out just like these other men did. They will come into nothing. But we all know that the apostles' message was not just of someone. It was not for themselves, but it is a message of God that they were given to preach and to teach to others. He called the apostles back in 
Gamaliel, the, were the high priest. They told the apostles after he got done speaking, they, they said, y'all come back in and we want to we talk to you again. And uh, they're in verse 40. And they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. This is the overlooked thing that I had kind of forgot about. Uh, actually, when I was reading through this, um, they said, okay, we agree with you. We're going to let the people go. But before we do that, we're going to beat them. The 12 apostles took 39 stripes that day in that temple, in that courtroom. For preaching the word of God, they took 39 we know that Jesus took way more because the Romans could beat him as many times as they wanted to as long as they didn't kill him. But uh, the Jews didn't have that power. So they took 39 stripes that day because they proclaimed this man Jesus who the Pharisees couldn't stand. What are you willing to take on behalf of the name of Jesus? After this, they left the court more excited than ever to preach Jesus' name. We see there in verse 41, it says that they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing you look at that word rejoicing it's a uh, if you have your bibles open if you look beside the word rejoice you'll see the little asterisk the little a that means there is a cross reference there so over in first peter chapter 4 verse verses um, 13 through 16 this is the cross reference they have with that Peter writing, he says, But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. He says, they departed from the council after being beaten, and they rejoiced in the fact that, that by living a Christian life, you look different from the world, don't you? We walk according to God's word and we keep the unity of marriage as, as God would have us describe, a, a concept the world isn't, isn't comfortable with many times. Uh, we observe the first day of the week and all that that entails. We keep from sins that are listed here in verse 15. Now, some of them, I feel like, probably a lot easier to, uh, to manage. You know, it's, it seems to me like there's a big stretch there. You have murder. And then he goes to a thief. You know, we talked about stealing this morning. Uh, Titus' class, he did Ten Commandments. Just so happened we were talking about stealing. But it seemed like there's a pretty big stretch there between, between a murder and a thief. And then he goes on and he says, an evildoer or a meddler or a busybody. busybody. Meddler is the English Standard Version, which I like a little bit better. But um, I think there's a lot of people in here that says they're not going to murder but there might be some who might be guilty, being an evildoer or a busybody or a meddler in other people's affairs. I imagine every congregation uh, has that one member who seems to, to know and, and want to talk a little bit more than they should about other members in the business going on in their life, unfortunately. Uh, 
But why Peter specifically puts these four in this verse, I do not know. He wants these people to get better, though, by living this Christian life that we choose to live today and be proud of being a Christian. Verse 16 there, it says, If anyone suffers a Christian, do not be ashamed of it. This morning, John's lesson, you might remember, he mentioned Romans chapter 1, verse 16, which is the theme for last leaders this year from Romans, that we are, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of salvation. But we are not to be ashamed to be called a Christian, a child of God. However long this punishment might last in our life, however much persecution we might uh, face for, for living a godly life, we have nothing to be ashamed of for being a child of God. We recently held in America uh, Veterans Day. Some of you may have uh, been like me. I went to a couple of the uh, Veterans Day events at the schools. Uh, very proud, very honorable. You got to watch. You saw men and women. Uh, when their time came, they stood up. They were recognized for serving well, you know, in our military. They were honored. Well, the kingdom of God will be no different. Those who serve well will be honored for what they did during their service to our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 41 there in Acts chapter 5, it says, So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They rejoiced because they were worthy to suffer for the cause of Christ. We just sang a song, Parker's first song that he led. We all sang out, I will rejoice, for he has made me glad, even when persecution comes about. Daily we are to spread God's word, never stopping to spread the good news. We have the same responsibility that the apostles did. And I would only say that today it's a lot easier. Times are easier. The persecution is is far less than what they suffered. And we have the ability to pick up a telephone or get on the internet. We can reach the other side of the world in less than a second, as quickly as we can dial it. Just for fun, the other day when Andy was on vacation, they were so far away, they were in Hawaii, and I was like, I just want to see how quickly this, this works. So I picked up the phone and I called him and instantly. As soon as I hit send, he is as far away as I possibly could imagine. He picks up the phone, he's talking to you. You know, what seems like a foreign land, a place I'll never be, probably. <laughs> uh, Amber says, oh, no. <laughs> but uh, um, we have this ability to spread the gospel, and, and we can do that. And we are doing that. You know, we have an Indian mission team who may already be back. I'm not really sure of their timeline, but uh, are they already back, Bill? Okay, they're already back. But they, we have sent them, sent funds with them and doing great things across this land. And y'all are doing things at home as well, and I'm sure you are, uh, whether it's your job or your family or in the area. And uh, I want to commend all you young folks and the last leaders for all the work that you're putting in to, to, to put some extra effort that uh, normally would not have been done to, uh, for the cause of Christ, to bring fellowship, to bring us closer together. Tonight for the invitation, I know I haven't spoken much about salvation or or the, uh, the things with that, uh, just kind of give a pick-me-up lesson for the most part. But uh, the invitation is always open. It's 24-7. Uh, seems like always 
congregations want to pick the end towards the end of a lesson for somebody to give it, but it's always open. Um, God's ears are open to our prayers. If we want to ask for repentance, God says, call on to me, and I can forgive you those sins. But if it's a public matter, there's a little more effort to that, isn't there? Um, you can walk down the aisle in the invitation song, or you can talk to the brethren after, after service is over. I don't know how many people is watching on that screen right now, but uh, obviously they don't have the ability to make a public as you do here. But the water is ready, I imagine. If not, we'll get it ready. If there are those here that want to put on Christ in baptism, if there are those who want to say, you know, I've lived the life, I've lived my life the way I've wanted to live for long enough. Now I want to live my life for Christ. And that takes submersion. That takes uh, confession, repentance of your old life, and starting again as a child of God.